Okay, if you can turn with me to John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. We're reading from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. You may also get that in the screen, so you can read, we can all read together from wherever you are. Reading from John chapter 20, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooped down and looked in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head not laying, lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the, the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabbani, which is to say, teacher. Verse 17, then Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. This morning, after reading the scripture portion many times, I decided to title my sermon as The Empty Tomb. If you can say that with me, The Empty Tomb. So as we read from the gospel, one of the gospels from John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18, we understood Mary and the disciples came looking for Jesus and they all came, stooped down into the tomb, 
and all that they could, they could find there was the empty tomb. The empty tomb. You know, today Christianity is able to celebrate the victory that Jesus gained at the cross. Just only reason is the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Christ is risen. What does the empty tomb mean to you? There are many things, you know, that comes in my mind. Certainly, I believe it is the fulfillment of the prophecy. If you remember in Psalm 16, Psalm 16 is a very great psalm where, you know, David prophesied about the, about the death and the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. And David prophesied in Psalm 16, we read that just the one verse from there, John, uh, Psalm 16 verse 10. David is saying, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. Nor will you allow your body, one, body, your holy one, to see corruption. Let's read that again. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. You know, Jesus' body did not remain in the tomb, and this body did not get disintegrated by remaining in the tomb. Even before the, his body was decaying, the Spirit of God resurrected the Lord God because David said, you, the Holy One, will not see corruption. Your body will not get disintegrated. Your body will not, remind, it will not decay. You know, any dead body, when it is buried, two to three days, the body is kind of intact and then you know, it starts buried. It's not disintegrating, decaying slowly. And David is prophesying and saying that your Holy One will not see corruption. The reason we see the empty tomb is just, you know, one reason is prophet already spoke about it. Prophet already prophesied about the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. There are many other scripture portions we can, where we can see, you know, the resurrection was foretold as a prophecy. Certainly the empty tomb was the proof of the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot deny that. Because when Mary Magdalene saw that the stone was removed... She was very sure that Jesus' body has been taken away by someone else. The same thing happened to Peter and John. When Peter and John and Peter, when they went into the tomb, and they made it clear that Jesus' body was not there. Because you remember, they are the one they went and laid the body with, with, along with the Joseph of Arimete. You know, they went together and they laid the body there. And they put you know, all, the, all, all, all of the perfumes and all those things they did well and you know, remember the tomb was closed and it was sealed by the Roman government. And they knew very well when they came, the tomb was open and they went into inside and they saw the body was not, the Jesus was not there. And they were very sure that somebody has taken the body. But remember the tomb was sealed by the Roman government and it was under, you know, under God, under, secure, under security. The empty tomb is the proof that there is something that happened and that was supernatural because there was a security guard sitting at the side of the tomb and you know nothing could happen just by itself and it was sealed by the Roman government. Unless there is something supernatural, if that had happened, if that had not happened, you know, nothing would have happened. No, Jesus would not have gone out. But now they realize that what had happened is something supernatural. That's the reason. They could not see the body of Lord Jesus Christ because he is already risen. I believe the tomb 
is a proof that Jesus has risen. But you know what? These are the ordinary things that we can talk about. The empty tomb means much more than what we could imagine. And this morning I want to ask that question. What does it really mean to you? What does the empty tomb mean to you? I believe there are very different personal reasons. There are very different theological and scriptural reasons, many different reasons why we see today an empty tomb that Jesus has risen. Just want to give three different points and three different ideas. I just want to pray with you. Number one, empty tomb talks about the power of resurrection. The empty tomb talks about the power of resurrection. As when, you, when a seed falls on the ground and the seed has an inherent potential to break its shells and shoot its tender and to grow as a plant. Now I'm taking the seed as, an, as a comparison because seed is the one that gets buried under the ground. And when the seed is buried and when the seed is wet, you know, it has a potential to bring that life that is holding, that the seed is holding, holding inside of it. That's what exactly happened at the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, even he was buried, the Spirit of God breathed on him. The same Spirit of God who breathed life into Adam and Eve. The same, same Spirit of God breathed over the body of Lord Jesus Christ. And there came a life that is supernatural and that is eternal. And this morning God is talking to us. The resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ took place by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are talking about empty tombs, talks about the power of resurrection. Resurrection took place by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what scripture says. If you can read with me, Romans chapter 8 verse 11, Bible says, Paul writes here, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Let's read that again. You just, just, just skipped, skipped that over. Let's read that again. Romans 8 11. But if the spirit of him... The Spirit of God who raised Jesus. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus, so who raised Jesus Christ from the dead? The Holy Spirit. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He would raise Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. You know, here the writer is saying, it's Holy Spirit is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. And if the same Spirit of God dwells in you, He will also raise your mortal bodies through the Holy Spirit, through the same Spirit who dwells in you. You know, that speaks much more than the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. It tells about the resurrection of bodily resurrection of any every believer who believes in Lord Jesus Christ. Because we believe the same Spirit of God is dwelling inside of us. And the same Spirit of God is capable of rising us even though we fall on this ground and die. No, children of God, there is much more than what, what we could think about the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. Resurrection is a powerful event in the whole history. The whole history has never reported such an event that took place in the history forever. That a body which is buried for, rose from the dead after three days. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. 
Paul writes, he's saying this, this beautiful scripture that I may know him. This is what Paul says. In fact, this is a cry of his heart. And he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings become being conformed to his death. And he says in verse 11, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. You know, he is just looking into what had happened in the past and he is looking into the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ and he realizes the power of his resurrection resurrection is a powerful event and he acknowledged that powerful event that took place and he says I may know him and the power of his resurrection you know I can't comprehend I cannot really understand with my little brain what does it mean to say that the power of his resurrection and Paul is still 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 longing from his heart Lord I may know his power of his resurrection I may know the power of his resurrection and I may have fellowship with his sufferings I may be attached with the death of Lord Jesus Christ. By any means, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Lord, if that had happened to you, I want that to happen to me when I die. You know, that is his desire. You know, that is the desire of early Christians. And that is the desire of the Christians, those who are giving their life, those who are dying in the time of persecution. That has been their desire. Today, Lord God, my body is falling on the face of this earth. But Lord, one day I'm going to rise with him along with him. If it is so true that Jesus rose from the dead, it is very true that I'm going to rise with him so that I am going to live with him forever and ever. Resurrection is a powerful event. We are talking about empty talking about the power of resurrection and Bible says this powerful event is going to happen to the church we read that in 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verses 51 to 55 let's read the scripture together 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51 behold Paul is writing here to the church in Corinth and to all of us behold I tell you a mystery we shall not asleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality the powerful event that took place to lord jesus christ is going to take place to the church you know this is the message this is the word of god in first corinthians chapter 15 you know paul says what had happened to christ jesus is going to happen to all of us and he says we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed before the humankind is totally destroyed from the face of this earth you know this is how i interpreted the scripture in verse, in verse 52 he says in a moment it is going to happen before the entire mankind is wiped away from the face of this earth there are people those who are going to be alive on the face of this earth in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the trump last trumpet for the when the trumpet sounds the dead will be raised incorruptible there is a transformation the same transformation that took place to the body of lord jesus christ it's going to take place for all of us for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this model must put on immortality paul is talking about the rapture the sending of the church the caught up of the church in the middle of the air 
You know, we believe that that's going to happen before the seven years tribulation period starts. The church is going to be taken up. You know, there are different theology and different theory about it. But one thing that is sure, you know, Lord God is going to do the same thing what he did. What had re- he, was, he allowed himself to go through the resurrection. That's exactly is going to take place to the church, to the people of God. We need to prepare ourselves to be raptured, to be caught up into the heaven. Empty tomb talks about the power of resurrection. Number two, empty tomb reminds us that we don't belong here. Empty tomb talks about the power of resurrection and empty tomb also reminds us that we don't belong here. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses one to two, Paul writes, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, the body that we are living in today, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Paul says, we are living in this tent that is kept for destruction, but we are waiting for a building that is not built by hands, but it is built by God, and it is eternal. It is going to be eternal, and it is kept in heaven. We are earnestly longing and desiring to reach that heavenly home. That's what Paul says. The rich, the resurrection also reminds, the empty tomb also reminds us that we don't belong here. You know, many times life on this earth, we live on this earth as if we are going to live in this earth forever. The recent COVID situation totally changed that mindset of people. The great plan with which we started this year, we never forget, we never have time, we, didn't, we never really think about our end. We all think about, you know, what can we do next? How can I move? How can I make progress? How can I earn more money? And the COVID, through the COVID situation, God has reminded mankind that you are not going to be here forever. This world, you don't really belong to this world. Now that is so true. That is so true. We don't really belong to this world. So God is saying that don't really put your step, foot so strong in the earth. Like footing in the, you know, in the loose soil or in the mud. Once you start doing it, you know, you really go down. You cannot really take your leg out. You cannot really come out. And God is saying that you don't belong here. So don't put your foot so strong on this earth. God is saying many things. I don't know what he was saying to you. But, you know, God is saying many different things when he says, do not put your foot so strong on this earth because you don't belong here. God is saying that do not go too much into depth. God is saying, do not borrow too much money. God is saying, do not build so many buildings. All that you need is just one apartment or one house. Do not buy so many things. Just buy what is minimum needed for you and give it away the rest of the things. It's so easy to preach, but it's very difficult to practice. You don't need many things. God is saying, you don't don't belong here. Just make your life simple. Make your life easy. 
God is also saying that keep your ties loose on the earth. Don't get tied up. You can never leave out of this world. But you don't belong here. And you can't be here forever. Very soon. Some point of time. All of us need to leave from the face of this earth. And God is saying that do not have very tight ties on the face of this earth. Keep your ties loose. What does it mean? It means keep your relationship healthy always. Keep your relationship with people healthy. Make yourself this time to, you know, repair those broken relationships. Last week, you know, I was just sitting and going through my WhatsApp. And I was just finding out, you know, people who have already blocked my number in the WhatsApp. And I started messaging them, you know, and I don't think the message will go through. But still I want to message because I want to just be, you know, faithful to God. Just, how are you doing? How are things with you? Are you okay? Everybody's okay. And telling others, you know, just I'm trying to reach the person. I'm, I couldn't, can you just tell him, tell her, just and you know, I'm just looking for her, looking for him, just to just inquire how they are doing. Keep your relationship healthy on the face of this earth. Because we don't have to have any strong ties on the face of this earth. We just make ourselves just ready to go at any moment because empty tomb reminds us that we don't belong here. God is expecting us and God is telling us we are just passing through. It's just like a friendship that we make during the night train. And we make strong friendship during that moment. And we take all the contact information and we get out of the train the next day morning. And we tell them that, you know, we will reach them, we will call them, we will talk to them, but just we forget forever. Forget them forever. We are all passing through. We are all fellow passengers passing through this lifetime that is given to us. The writer of Hebrews puts it you know, in a very beautiful way. He says, he, after talking about um, Abel and Enoch and uh, Abraham, Noah and Sarah, you know, he, uh, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13, this is what he says. These all, all these people whom I listed, these all died in faith. Read that very carefully. Beautiful scripture. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Generation after generation. People are passing through the face of this earth. Nobody is staying. Nobody is staying forever. You may see your previous generation and generation previous to previous. You may see your parents. You may know your grandparents. And some of you may know your great-grandparents. That's all. We are all passing through on the face of this earth. And God is reminding us. God is telling us. That just do not hold on to this earth. It's not going to give anything to you. You will in fact never get anything in return for, for, the, for the amount of sweat that you make on the face of this earth. Why do you sweat for more than what you need? What you have is enough. What you have is more than enough for you. Just have a simple life, happy life, as a happy, happy family, wherever you are. And just move forward because we are all passing through. For all the hundred thousand lives who just left the face of this earth. This earth was not a permanent home at all. All of them started this year very well. They would have never thought that they will see their end within three months time on the face of this earth. I'm talking about hundred thousand lives, very significant number. The message is very clear today. that We don't belong here. 
We don't belong here. The life that God has given to us is to live happily. Live without much heavy burden in your heart. Just take one day at a time and just move forward. All of us are in the journey together, passing through. Thirdly, the empty tomb gives us hope. The empty tomb gives us hope in the midst of the hopelessness. The empty tomb gives hope for you and me. Someone said this, we can live about 40 days without food. That may be true, I have seen people going for 40 days in fasting. We can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, and about eight minutes without air, and about one second without hope. That's very true. We can live for 40 days without food, for three days without water, for eight minutes without air, and only one second without hope. The moment hope is lost, the natural tendency is to end the life because there is no point in living when the hope is lost. Hope is like a very key element to continue our life on the face of this earth. The empty tomb gives us hope, the hope of eternity, the hope of living together with the Lord God forever and ever. I would like to read this quote. It's a beautiful quote written by Dr. Billy Graham. Dr. Billy Graham said, this is what he said, Easter points us beyond the tragedy of the cross to the hope of the empty tomb. It tells us that there is hope for eternal life for Christ has conquered death. It also tells us that God has triumphed over evil and death and hell. This is our hope and it can be your hope as well. The hope comes through the resurrection, only through the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, today you and I need to proclaim that hope to the world because you and I believe in the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. We know that the empty tomb gives hope to you and hope to me and the same empty tomb can give hope to the hundreds and millions of people outside. In Peter, 1 Peter, Peter writes, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. By what? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How do we get this hope? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And verse 4 he says, to an, inherent, in, sorry, to an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That living hope comes through the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. Resurrection gives us hope and resurrection in fact gives us hope beyond grave. Because our life is not just going to end the moment we die. In fact our life begins the moment you leave the face of this earth. And Jesus' resurrection really tells us there is life that is going to be there even after we die. And this is the hope of resurrection and this is the hope that we have. 
There is even hope. There is hope even in death. Can you imagine? There is hope for children of God even in death. And that is the hope of resurrection. Someone said when oxygen is for the lungs, such is hope for the meaning of human life. As the human organism is dependent on a supply of oxygen, so humanity is dependent on its supply of hope. And the hope is supplied to you and me today through the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, just want to close quickly. God is speaking to us. And God would have spoken many different things this morning. God spoke about the empty tomb. The empty tomb is the power of resurrection. The empty tomb also reminds us that we don't belong here. And the empty tomb gives us hope. This morning we are just going to pray in a moment. And I believe God will strengthen you. I believe God will give you a new hope. I believe God will give you a new, new, new thinking, new mind. God will renew your mind. And he may give you strength to continue your life on the face of this earth. Shall we all close our eyes from wherever we are?